0: play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see
1: website for details
0: hello and welcome to zero ducks given it is episode 11. I don't know why I, I ever mentioned that statistic. It's not important or interesting to anyone, but I like saying it. And uh, we haven't been stopped yet. Um, they, they're, they're letting us carry on, so somebody is listening somewhere. Thank you very much if that person is you. And uh, I'm joined once again by Daniel Norcross and Stephen Finn as well. And we've got plenty to get through. The start of the county championship. It'll be about a 45-minute podcast, and we'll probably dedicate about 42 minutes to how much we love Darren Stevens. We'll also talk about the controversy around new cricketing jargon in the 100, and we'll talk about Chris Gale's rapping career. You heard that correctly. Uh, a bit about the IPL, a bit about some cricket shithousery, a topic that we love on this podcast. And also we'll talk about Stephen Finn, who he warned us all preseason. He is seeing the ball very, very well. He warned us all preseason. He's seeing it big in the nets. And uh, maybe the bet that Daniel and I gave him the last podcast about hitting sixes this season, maybe it was a terrible, terrible mistake. Um, I'm expecting big things, by the way, on this podcast. Because um, before we started, Daniel Norcross, who I can see on Zoom here, took the biggest puff from an inhaler I've ever seen in my life. Just a huge, huge inhale of an inhaler. Like he was about to run the 100 metres. However, I should point out now he's washing it down with a cigarette. Oh well, yeah, you so, <laughs> wanted so... to sum up Daniel Norcross <laughs> as a human. You just took a puff of inhaler so that he could make room for his cigarette. How are you, Daniel? <laughs> uh, my
2: lungs are absolutely ready and waiting for this podcast. As it was of that, I like a nice prophylactic inhale with the fentanyl, and then I can puff away elsewhere. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm OK. I mean, I've been thrilled by the events of this week's cricket. The county championship has started, Toby. Oh, it's yeah. the greatest day of the year. It's Christmas Day. It's New Year's Day. It's your birthday. They all roll into one and then it snows. And, <laughs> and it's just, it's it, you know, it's like everyone wants it to snow on Christmas Day. But actually, everyone really wants it to snow on county championship day because we can listen to it from the snug warmth of our houses <laughs> and all the county cricketers who have be waiting to do this for all these months have to go out there and shiver their bollocks off. It's,
0: it's a uh, thing of beauty. And then the pictures yeah. start rolling in on social media of people yeah. fielding in hats and in, and, and, you know, woolly hats. And it, it's, it, it is a thing of beauty. Uh, it was so nice to have the county championship back. I love going onto the BBC sport website and I refresh the page and it's got all the scorecards of all the games and I like clicking on them and being a geek and Seeing who's scoring runs and who's taking wickets and who's going around the park and who's got out for a duck. And uh, and I can pour over those scorecards for for hours. It's very, very nice to be back. And Stephen Finn has been playing some cricket. So uh, we all waited with bated breath, Finney. You did say the seamers were going to get rotated for Middlesex. And so we all waited with bated breath. The team sheet came out. I scrolled right down to the bottom where I was expecting to see T-Murtag. And then above that. S Finn but not picked for the first game Finney obviously Middlesex you know on the on the wrong side of the result an amazing chase in the end but um, are are you a good spectator or do you do you just especially on the last day Middlesex are chasing wickets you sat there going I would love to be out there trying to win this game.
1: I was sat there the other side of the boundary rope with my hand sanitizer and a mask on you have to come on every six overs and then peg it off so you your work as a 12th man, which I was doing for that last day was actually might even be harder than playing. I think in and out and all about for <laughs> sprinting around after people. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a great watcher, um, especially when you n- you need wickets on that last day and, and they're sort of building partnerships and stuff. You sort of try and urge things to happen and want things to happen. Um, but yeah, you know, Somerset, unfortunately they're in a position that we found ourselves in a few years ago where Um, you sort of have that belief that you can win from any position or you can salvage a game from any position. And that's why they're at the top of the tree over the last number of years and been one of the most consistent sides along with Essex um, in the county championship. So yeah, credit to them on that last day, the way they played, the way they managed the scoreboard. It was an outstanding display of of chasing from them. and, And sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say they just outplayed us on that last day.
2: They were 89 for nine. Let's not forget in the first things they were 89 for nine. And then Middlesex were running away with it. They had a similar experience to the other London club, Surrey, who had got themselves right back into the game against Gloucester and then threw it away, losing five wickets in quick succession. That it was so thrilling. I mean, the cats championship was so thrilling that you found yourself just toggling from one commentary to another. But that game at Lords, I mean, that was what a way to start. And it also it makes that group so exciting, doesn't it? Because you can see that Middlesex have got a proper side out there, notwithstanding Finney wasn't playing. When he comes back in, they'll be even properer. And Surrey have got Keymar Roach coming back in, and Plunkett is going to come back in. Richard Clark. And Gloucestershire winning is probably great for that group. It's, they called it the group of death. It's going to be it's going to be superb. And we had also some real freakish things like Glamorgan nearly beating Yorkshire with that century for Billy Root. Bring up of his brother. I like that because there's a new study come out that says the youngest in families are evolutionary superior to their older siblings. And I, I can entirely concur with that for yeah. obvious reasons. Sam and Curran so, to Tom Curran. It, you got it. You've got it. And there was, a, you know, as we had last week, didn't we? We had Curran on Curran violence or we had Root on Root violence in this game. It's the, the, the tapestry of stories, Toby and Finney, is what makes the county championship like the most fantastic thing in the world. I it's I it's great crying. to
1: have it back. It did look absolutely freezing. Yeah, I messaged Finny on the WhatsApp group. <laughs> you've not had to pull up for a second spell when it's freezing cold, then Dan, have you? On the on the no. fourth of April. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Yeah, okay.
2: no, <laughs> no, no, no I've, I've, been, I've been listening in the signal. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly that. Well, I,
0: did, I messaged Finney in the WhatsApp group saying you've picked a good game to miss here. I mean, I know you didn't choose to miss it, but I said you've actually done all right here because if you're going to miss a game, it's april against somerset uh yeah i, th- I think you did all right there but you have been playing some crickets now if you missed last week's episode we were discussing setting some challenges for stephen finn and it was all about six hitting and we basically said to finney how many sixes you're going to hit this year now we need to lay some ground rules here because in my mind it's county championship only okay and i put it to twitter i said Finney has to hit seven sixes in the county championship this season to win a bottle of champagne from Dan and Toby. Do you think he'll manage it? 130 of you voted, and two-thirds of you said, not a chance. And the other third of you said yes, mind those windows. Um, what do you reckon? Is seven in the county championship fair? Do you want to branch out to limited over cricket? Um, you know, the, the floor is open here with with what we think is an achievable target. I do want to mention that Finney. Reckons he's been seeing it very, very big in the nets. He's been talking a good game all winter about how well he's batting at the moment. And he did play a game for the Middlesex twos this week. And he sent a video to our Zero Ducks given WhatsApp group of him hitting his six straight down the ground, which will be going up on social media this week. I asked Finney, can I put that video on social media? And he went, Absolutely please do. Yes. In fact, it reminded me Chris Hemsworth, who played four. He once said that uh he spent months and months and months getting shredded so that he could play four. He got he got absolutely huge. And he got to the first scene of the day and apparently the director came up to him and he said, yeah, so um, look, we're not sure um, in this scene whether you should have your shirt off or not. And apparently he went, I've spent six months making my body look like this. I'm taking my shirt off. And that was apparently the first line Chris Hemsworth ever said on set of four. Very similar Finney going... Look, all right, six is very often. If there's a video flying around, let's get it up on social media. Um, what do you reckon, uh, Daniel? Do you think this is a fair request seven in the county championship? Do you want to give him a, you know, a, a different target across limited overs as well? What do you reckon?
2: Well, I'll tell you, it's on social media already because Adam Collins, who's been doing the um, the live stream for Middlesex, has, has tweeted it. He's oh, tweeting, has he? He's tweeted the six using his lovely new Woodstock cricket bat. He's... It says Adam Collins, 28 from 28 with a six. And Emma Vernon, big fan of this show, big fan of Finney, asks, does this count towards the sixes champagne tally? Now, I've had I've had to think about this on hard. Okay. And I think that the the fair assessment that I started with was you should get 0.5 of a six for every six he scores in the second 11. And then, we, you know, and we added on. But then I thought, is it 0.5? Or is it 0.25?
0: Right. Okay. Because,
2: do you know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. it's, like, it's like doubled and doubled again. I don't know. Well,
0: Fanny, what do you reckon, Fanny? What, yeah. do, what do you reckon? Because also, you did tell us off air before we started recording that the bowler was 12 years old.
1: <laughs> they, were, they were genuinely saying, yeah, the 12-year-old, he's back at school on Monday in the field whilst I was out there. He looked very young. I'm not actually sure how young he was um but <laughs> he there's, did a, look there's a good chance he was half my age yeah so um <laughs> but a six is a six i mean I, I when i was 16 i had big ugly men trying to slog me for six and taking great pleasure in it and i'm i'm sure they um they went home and probably told their wives or partners or whatever that they'd hit a massive six that day and, and got rewarded for it so um so yeah no, no, no
2: hang on a minute finny wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute you can't turn up for the lord's taverners at some point you know
1: well if it gets desperate if it gets to september and i'm on three i'll be playing for every mickey mouse cricket team in the country trying <laughs> yeah, to and,
2: we'll, and, we, and we will give a we would give a degree of difficulty tariff because essentially what you've moved into is diving you know or or gymnastics you've got a degree of difficulty tariff and that's what we've got to work out so the second 11, Well, he did rip what is... he
1: did rip like four or five past my outside edge. Oh, didn't he? A big, oh yeah, a, now it's cool. It's all coming out now, isn't and it? And a big LB a leggy, shout. And a big LB shout. I think I was one off about 15 balls. So um <laughs> so it was more wild swiping towards the end, I think, than anything more anything more calculated.
2: Honestly, but, this is like listening to Julius Caesar talking about how we beat the Gauls, <laughs> who are just basically just hanging around in vests. Right. I'm he, happy. Uh, it, <laughs> trebuchets.
0: I'm happy to give Stephen Finn a 0.25 of a six for any second eleven sixes. That that's that's what I'm going to accept.
2: All right. Yeah, I'll go. With yeah, that. I, I, yeah. It's either 0.25 or 0.33, isn't
0: it? I yeah, think. Which, which complicated mathematically. So it's Let's as it stands, Finney,
2: Quarter of a six. Quarter you're a, a
0: six. 0.25. As I'm going to say, these seven sixes need to be in the county championship, but other sixes elsewhere. Dan and I will will reward points as necessary throughout the course of the season. Okay. Now let's move on to some other cricket that took place, the County Championship. And uh, it, look, we could go through all the results, but uh, there's a thing called the internet. It's quite good. You can find the results if you really need them. There's, uh, there's only two real flashpoints that I want to talk about. And the first one is, we like to start positive on this podcast when, when necessary, is Darren Stevens. Okay. 44 years of age, and in his first match of 2021, he hits an unbeaten century. Now, if you're not aware of Darren Stevens, this is a man who really started off as a batsman who bowled a bit. Daniel Norcross is fanning himself. He's so excited about this discussion. Darren Stevens, I played a taverners game with him, I reckon 15 years ago, when I thought he was going to retire any time. I thought that was why he was playing for the Lord's Taverners. And at that point, he was very much a batsman who bowled a bit. And he bowled that there in that charity game, very nicely, I have to admit. But he was very much a batsman and the bowling's kind of come to the fore. But an unbeaten century, he's still got it with the bat as well. First game of the season. But yeah, he's been around for years. His batting was his, uh, his strong point first. Then his bowling's taken over in recent years. But an unbeaten century, first game of the season. Stephen Finn, I've got to ask you. You must have played against him when you, were, when you were young on the county scene. At that point thinking, oh, this guy's you know a nice senior pro. He's probably only got a couple of seasons left. It's just remarkable. There's there's hope for you yet, Finny. I want you bowling little dibbly dobblers when you're 44 and scoring tons.
1: I am not that skillful unfortunately. Well, it's like he bowls with the golden snitch when he's bowling. <laughs> no one can no one can get anywhere near it. But I think when I first started Darren Stevens was a batsman and he just he he was a batsman. He bowled occasionally maybe, but never never regularly. And he definitely didn't take the new ball. And then yeah, over the last 10 years that I've been playing, um he still slogs them, as is evidenced by the hundred he scored this week. And, and yeah, he started bowling absolute boomerangs at people that they can't hit. So yeah, he's still handy. What is he, 44 years old? And there's there's a good chance he might outlast my career. And and his career probably started before I was born or something stupid like that.
0: <laughs> it's true. I think he'll outlast just about everyone. He'll probably outlast like Joffrey Archer or something, the way that he's going. The question I've got for you, Dan Norcross, as a man who you know, adores county cricket. You know, he locks himself in dark rooms late at night and does unspeakable things to county cricket. Are we looking at the greatest county championship player ever? And what I mean by that is, I guess I'm not looking for guys that played loads of games for England and then occasionally came back to their county and scored loads of runs. I'm talking... Your blokes that just played a whole lot of county cricket, Darren Stevens. If you want the numbers, fifteen thousand eight hundred runs at a batting average of thirty-five, and now five hundred and forty-eight wickets at a bowling average of twenty-four point six nine. Is he the greatest county championship player ever, Daniel Norcross? Big question.
2: No, he isn't. Okay. Um,
0: he's he's uh, anyway he's, moving he's, on. That, now. <laughs> He's a, a,
2: I love another stat that I love 973 innings in professional cricket. 973. Um, no, he's not the greatest uh kind of championship player of all time. Wilf Rhodes is the greatest kind of championship player of all time. Took 4,187 first class wickets, I think it was, and uh, only you know 150 of those are in test matches. Uh, he scored 39,000 runs or something ludicrous. That was then. Now, well, he's emblematic of what's brilliant about the County Championship. In the last 25 years, he's been sort of ever-present. He's changed, as Finney said, he was a batter, really, at Leicester. He barely bowled until he went to Kent, really. I mean, he's only actually taken 540 odd wickets. People like Martin Bickley who played a lot less time, got twice as many as that. But it's, his dedication to the game, the fact that he gets seems to get better with the year, seems to understand it better. He's just so in tune with the county championship. I think he should captain England in one-day cricket um, <laughs> when Owen Morgan retires. I think that's inevitable. I think he'll lead England to the 2027 World Cup or whatever it is. Uh, and, because you can't get him off the park. But a question I want to ask Finny is, the Surrey boys last year, I won't mention who they are, the particular ones, but down the bottom of the order, the bowlers got together and they said, because they were playing Kent, they went, we've got a reverse batting order because the openers haven't got a clue how to play 67 miles an hour that swings a bit. But if anyone can tonk him back over his head with a big stride in, it's a six foot seven inch mean, ugly, fast bowler, especially armed with a Woodstock bat like Finney. Now, that has got to be the way forward, hasn't it? Just if you see Darren Stevens is playing against you. Stick in numbers 10 and 9 and just, you know, club cricketing. I
1: mean, this would be a one for a, a stats-nuffy that listens to the podcast, wouldn't it? Whether the lower order's average is better against him than the top order. I think the, the thing that why we bat down the bottom of the order generally is because we are less adept at playing faster bowling. So when someone quick comes on or whenever a tailender comes in, they always put a quick bowler on and he just mops up the tail because we all just don't know what to do when it's really quick. And yeah, you're watching the batsman scratch around against someone like Stevo o um, at the top of the order. And because there's no real, it's not questioning your courage, it's questioning your technique. The bowlers love it when you're not, when your courage isn't being tested because there's no one trying to sling it in round your ears, um, which for me makes batting a whole lot easier. So yeah, it could be a theory, but then it could all fail horribly and, and your best batsman could end up batting number 11, which may not be the way to go forward if he's stranded when it comes to the end of the innings.
2: I wasn't suggesting a complete reversal. I was I A momentary
1: was, reversal. So it's almost yeah, like a of, Steve-O, watchman. So you...
2: yeah, Steve-O watchman. Yeah,
1: Steve-O <laughs> as as yeah. As soon as you see him warming up, um, number 11 puts his pads on.
0: Yeah, Finney Finney pad up. Darren Darren's coming back for a second spell with the second new ball. Yeah, get your pads on, Finney.
1: Can
2: I just point out that Finney's got his beautiful cat just over his right shoulder in oh, yeah, shot? You have. And he's
0: absolutely glorious. He's uh, even the cats, the cats come over, go, hey. You're talking about Darren Stevens. Yeah. yeah. Everybody loves Darren <laughs> Stevens. What a man. Basically, to sum up, uh, Darren Stevens is really, really good. Uh, other honourable mentions, get involved on social media for the best county player ever. But in my lifetime, I'm looking at Hick, Ramprakash, Goodwin, Tresco. Murray Goodwin, Tresco. Exactly, yeah. I'm trying to think of bowlers, actually, now that you put me on the spot. But most Martin of the really Bicknell. good bowlers Martin
2: play. B- Martin Bicknell. Yeah. Martin Martin, Martin Bicknell. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Masters. Yeah, yeah exists, I think there should yeah. be a
1: criteria that they've never represented England. Okay, Masters. okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, Masters, Masters James um, Hildreth from Somerset. Porter's
0: threatening. Mm. Yeah, Porter's threatening at Essex now, of course, as well. Do you know, the, if you're a county team, the ideal player you want, like Ramprakash and like Hick, is an outrageous batsman at county level who, when they get to the England team, don't actually score that many runs and get dropped, so you get full use of them. Gary Balance at Yorkshire. Perfect. James Vince. James Vince is the perfect example. You want a player who's really good, but when they get to team they don't quite do it, so you get them back straight away. Wesley at Essex looks like he might do something similar. That's the sort of level player that's ideal Actually, to have in Is the that is is that
2: why Somerset have been so jammy? Because Hildreth didn't even have to yes. go away for a little bit of time. That's, They've that's just had the level... it the whole time. And uh, they Nick... complain. They complain about it, Somerset fans. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's not fair. You never come and look at our players, do you? Do you want them to? Why would you want your gun batter to go and play for England when you've got the important county championships
0: come seconded? That is the truest (laughs) thing ever. That is the the exact player that you want. The guy that nearly made it in the England team, but not quite. So you get 15 years of stellar service out of him, just scoring runs on outgrounds every single week. Um, Well, from the county championship, the most traditional, most old school, most classical version of the game, to the complete other side of the coin, and the 100 tournament. And uh, there's been uproar on social media as they announced a, a few new terms that they will be using within the sport, including the fact that wickets could be referred to as outs. So no longer will people be taking wickets, they'll be taking outs. Dan Norcross, and this is very, very funny, this is a little peek behind the curtain, behind the scenes, but Daniel Norcross popped up on, what were you on, BBC News earlier on, Daniel?
2: Yeah, Paddy Geary gave me a ring and said he yeah. would like to talk to me about it. So I gave him twenty-five minutes of considered, heartfelt opinion on uh, on this entire thing. And uh, I I, I got about 25 seconds of that 25 minutes.
0: They give you the same amount of time as they give mental people outside of Tesco's (laughs) when there's a big political decision to be made and they stop somebody in the street. You've got the same amount of time for your considered opinion.
2: All those vox pops, they just like take a tiny little bit, but there's somebody really ranting on like me for hours. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to give you my, actually, my slightly considered rant now. <laughs> all the stuff that was cut. The story is about the 100 again leaking something else about what it wants to do to be different because it wants to attract a whole new audience, which is spot on and it's exactly what it should be doing. And one of the things it's doing is bringing in the term batter, which I know a lot of our listeners will probably say batter is something put on a fish. This is outrageous, it's nonsense. But in all honesty, I've spent time with a lot of women commentators now, Annie Mitchell and Isabel Westby, particularly, and Isha and I've got their opinions on it, and I actually get it. I get this idea. Batter. Let's, like, let, let's not be gender-specific about this. And The 100 is also about diversity and bringing in a new audience and getting rid of the mystification of cricket and the sort of magnification of it. You know, like the MCC. Women weren't allowed through the doors of the bloody pavilion apart from the queen and he, even that grudgingly until the end of the 20th century i mean it's frankly ridiculous and it's one of the things cricket needs to deal with so i'm very supportive of that i like it Outs, outs this has gone too far i mean this is now frankly silly what am i supposed to say about somebody like you know morally He's the leading test outtaker of all time. (laughs) Outtaker. I mean, the leading outtaker of all time is Harry Hill, if you're of our generation, or Dennis Norton, if you're of my generation. Um, You know, we don't need to do this. It isn't difficult for people to understand that it's a wicket. You've taken wickets. Finney was the leading wicket-taker in the Ashes, not the leading outtaker in the Ashes in the 2010-11 series of three tests until they dropped it. That's not difficult for people to understand. The fact that things have different meanings. We've been using the term sticky wicket since 1882. Now you can say, oh, well, that means it's old and crap. Or you can say, well, actually, in 139 years, people use it to mean something totally different. You know, oh, he's he's on a sticky wicket there. Might be about, you know, his relationship. It might be about something he's doing at work. Cricket, as a metaphor... Had come into common parlance. So, you know, cricket was, was actually being more accessible, not less accessible. When you say to people, well, we're going to, we've got to take this word that actually has worked really, really well and change it because people won't understand it otherwise, you've got no faith in the product that you've got in, in the game of cricket. Now, I also want to say that it's a storm in a teacup because I don't think it'll really happen. I think that commentators will find it virtually impossible to stick to it. I think it's made an enormous
0: You're simple publicity. folk commentators, aren't you? You're simple.
2: We are. Well, I mean, like, I, I, there's no way. I've been doing this for 45 years in my head. <laughs> there's no way I'm going to be able to just switch on ads. Yeah, I and was the none, first none thing I thought will. of
0: when I saw it. It was none how of a commentator's going to do this.
2: None of them will. I mean, I think what it might be is really good publicity for the 100 because it's got lots of people talking about it. And I think we should all calm down about it. And I think, actually, like I said right at the beginning, I think it's more notable. Things like batter is more notable. What's more notable is there are going to be 50 live women's games on TV this summer, most of them free, if not all of them free, because Sky are putting the women's games on YouTube, the Sky 100 games on YouTube. In 2014, there were three. This is a really good thing for cricket. And we should be trumpeting the really good things and not fixating over the mad things like suddenly calling wickets out because that will just gradually disappear.
0: I I agree with everything you've said. And uh, yeah, (laughs) although I can see why they edit you down. No, well, exactly. uh, That's why I got 25 (laughs) seconds. No, (laughs) I agree with everything you said. And I really like the, actually the 25 seconds they did use. I really enjoyed your line. It was along those lines about how I wish they'd show a bit more confidence in the sport of cricket attracting viewers. Because cricket, we're all sat here because we bloody love it. And everyone listening to this is listening because they bloody love it. And how we discovered it, whether it was through mates or through school or through our parents or whatever, once we discovered it, we absolutely fell in love with it. I know it's never going to be everyone's cup of tea, but it's a beautiful sport. And I don't think what you call things is going to make any difference to that at the end of the day, because we all got the terms of the terminology. And I don't think sometimes it's confusing as the rulemaker's fear. I think the rulemakers of all these tournaments have it in their mind that, you know, oh, we want to attract a wider audience, but cricket's so, so complicated. It's really not that complicated when you break it down. I explained it to my better half Pippa since we've been together. And in three and a half years, God bless her, she nearly gets it. So we're getting there. Toby, Toby,
2: (laughs) in in rugby, they call it a try, not a touchdown. Why is it called a try? What the hell does offside mean? What on God's name is a half Nelson? No one knows what these things are if, you, if you've never seen the sport. But it's amazing how if you just put somebody down in front of it, you put a kid down in front of it, something, and they hear people talking. They learned the language they're speaking when they're two years old. They're kind of geniuses, kids. They're utterly, they're utterly brilliant. They can learn languages in no time at all. It's only old people that can't assimilate new things. But the 100 isn't supposed to be targeted at old people. It's targeted at young people. Who have a great facility with language, so you know.
0: I mean, if you've ever gone to a football match with with anyone over about sixty five, and uh, and they can't say any pronounce any footballers' names, and they get confused and they keep thinking that player is that player and that player. It's true. Young kids will be fine; they'll get to grips with it. It's 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 us. It's us old farts that need to worry about it. Basically, the
2: hundred has been designed in order to get a brand new audience of over 80s.
0: which is the worst you know business plan ever um finney i've got to ask you that i mean genuinely when when these stories are going out do you guys discuss this stuff in the dressing room do you do you care are you like look i'm just going to turn up and bowl and hopefully if i bowl well i'll take outs or i'll take wickets do do, do, do you guys get as worked up i guess as fans like me and daniel
1: well I, i think we did discuss it today but only because we were 550 for six um so we thought we had to we had to talk about something i mean for a player it's it's the currency in in what we deal in isn't it really so it doesn't really matter to us what they're called it's still a wicket and out um i mean it, it's difficult when you're changing something and getting used to that is, is the trickiest bit isn't it and then as soon as you're used to it it um everything's fine again and seems normal but but yeah i, I think maybe the um, drip feeding it into the press to to make the hundred talked about could could be the avenue that this is uh that this is going down which I don't think is a bad thing because it is coming closer um and the county championships exciting there's been some great games um but in 3 months time I think um there's been a lot of resources and energy put into the hundred so um so it's important that it stays on everyone's lips and it's going to be an important thing for uh, the game in this country moving forward, I think that it is a success. So yeah, uh, but whether I'll get used to calling them outs instead of wickets, I, uh, I'm not entirely sure just yet.
2: Can I just have one quick codicil to this, which is that I don't really mind. I really don't mind, by the way. But what I do find interesting is suddenly the pitch Nazis have turned up. Because while they the pitch Nazis are basically defending this on the basis that the word wicket is complicated, and that uh, people have been misusing the word wicket when they mean pitch. Right. So when someone advances down the wicket, we should be saying advances down the pitch. So when we say, you know, it's a it's a tricky wicket, we should be saying it's a tricky pitch. Now, I love Alison Mitchell. She's a very good friend of mine, but she became a pitch Nazi this week. Oh, Alison. And I, just, I, mean, I, just, I know
0: Alison as well. She's, she's lovely yeah. with that. Yeah.
2: She's, she's right on almost everything, which is why I'm getting great pleasure in saying this. And I'm addressing this question to her and I'm saying, quite frankly, so what's a sticky wicket then? Because that, <laughs> my friend, I'm not saying sticky pitch. You're not going to get me to say sticky pitch. No, you can't. It doesn't that's, roll off the tongue, It's a, it? A, it's, a, it's a sticky wicket. And um, and I guess that's my, that's my final word on it, everyone's gone mad on Twitter. Everyone's gone because Twitter does that, doesn't it? it sends everyone into connections. And we've all suddenly become polarised. And I've now suddenly called Ali Mitchell a Nazi. Well,
0: that's how bad <laughs>
2: this has got. That's <laughs> because like, a it's... woman less less like a Nazi, it's almost impossible to imagine. <laughs>
0: You know, when they were sat around in the meeting saying, should we call wickets out? Nobody foresaw that Daniel Norcross would end up calling Alison Mitchell a Nazi, but, but here we are. Here we are. It's really gone full circle. Uh, it, it, it's quite remarkable. Uh, and let's move on to something that caught our eye this week in the cricketing world, and that is Chris Gale has released a music video with the rapper M.O.A. Bantai, uh, the rap video is named India See Jamaica, and it involves Gail showcasing his rap singing abilities with Bantai. Bantai is a famous Indian rapper with more than 14 million YouTube followers. And uh, Gail follows the likes of West Indian Dwayne Bravo in releasing a music video. And uh, I mean, it's just another bizarre page on this sort of 10-year Chris Gale retirement that's been, you know, I've I, I, about 10 years ago, I thought, oh, he's, he's probably going to stop playing cricket altogether. And now he's a sort of mercenary 2020 player who bowls in sunglasses. And it's, it's it, whatever you say about him, he's box office. He has been box office. The camera's always on him because, you know, whether he annoys you a little bit or not, we all kind of want to see what Chris Gale's up to when the game's going on and you know that he's on the pitch. Uh, and this is the... Uh, This is the latest uh, leaf in his book in what will one day be a fantastic autobiography. Chris Gale, I can imagine rapping. There's plenty of cricketers I can't imagine rapping. Vanilla Clive Rice Baby. I I can't picture Clive Rice rapping. I was trying to think earlier, who is the least rapping-looking cricketer ever? James And I was thinking thinking Mark Elam. Oh, yeah, well, Kent. Basically, Kent plays. James Treadwell, Mark (laughs) Elam. Yeah. Darren Stevens,
2: except, yeah. except, of course, Rob Key, who looked exactly like that, that woman rapper in X Factor.
0: What? Honey G. Honey
2: G. G. Yeah. <laughs> Honey G. Uh, so, like, curiously, I mean, Kent, it's like kind of the alpha and the omega, isn't it, of the rapping world. You've got James Treadwell, the vicar from Dad's Army, rapping. That would look a bit weird. Joe Treadwell was very old yeah
0: <laughs> Jack Leach is very unrappy. any slow left arm or, or bowler basically any spin bowler is pretty unrappy really unwrappy. right you You must have ended up in some on uh, you know away games and tours in some dive karaoke bars over the years with the middlesex teammates and there must be at least someone in the dressing room that fancies themselves as a rap as a rapper, and there's got to be someone in there that fancies themselves on karaoke as a bit of a bon jovi. And I reckon you've also got a bit of talent in that dressing room. I bet there's somebody who's not too bad on a karaoke machine. Well, yeah, me. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> now, this is huge. This is, you, you've, you've opened a can of worms there, <laughs> Hello. Anyway. Hang on, what, what's your go to karaoke number? Oh, for there's you? a lot
1: of them, to be honest. Craig, yeah. Craig David, Seven Days, something like that. <laughs> I'll tell, tell
0: you what, if you give me a thousand guesses, <laughs> I didn't have Craig David, Seven Days Down, I'll be honest. I, I, had, I had Delilah.
1: <laughs> yeah, obviously, I thought it was. Or Frank, more of that. Frank Sinatra. I don't mind Frank Sinatra to sing along to. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: Now, the, generally, as this happened, on, you must have ended up in a few karaoke bars with the middle set slot over the years. Yeah,
1: yeah, there's been, there have been a few. There was on an England tour uh, to the Caribbean in 2017, we had a week off in between ODIs and one of the lads hired a catamaran to go around the island like you do and get off and go snorkeling and fishing and, and have a barbecue and stuff on the boat. So we went round the island, came back, and where the boat dropped us off, there was just a karaoke bar. And because we had a week off after this, um after the boat part or the boat after the boat had got back, we You very nearly called it a boat party. Boat there, party. Yeah, oh, it, it wasn't which is quite very telling yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite party like. Um but right, okay. But yeah, we got back and and we decided we wanted to con- continue drinking, and the bar that was in the port that we came back to had a karaoke machine. And I just decided it was it was my time and my stage and, and got up and sang Craig David. And I think not everyone had got off the boat by the time I was singing, so they could hear my voice in this port singing Craig David. <laughs> everyone was on the dance floor dancing to me. I felt like I was Chris Martin playing in front of 100,000 people at Wembley or something, um, controlling the crowd with my arms, the whole lot. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that, that's probably my most successful karaoke stint, but I'm not shy. I'm not shy of it.
2: Finny, I've got to say, it surprised me that because, you know, on reflection, just hearing your words there, I would have thought like Ian Curtis from Joy Division, mm. Love Will Tear Us Apart, is mm. like more in your keeping. Do you know what I mean? There's a sort of like, I can see you giving it that poignant insomniac elegance. Well,
1: that that, that song to- <laughs> reminds me of Swanee because the Barmy Army sang it for Swanee on all the tours that we went on, especially in Australia. The swan will tear you apart um, instead of love will tear you apart. It just reminds yeah. me of that. So it brings back good memories.
2: You don't look, you don't look that different for me, Curtis, to be brutally honest. I've just got a picture well, of oh What is he right?
1: grotesque looking buddy? <laughs> no, no, no. He's got three eyes, two heads, a massive nose. No.
2: He's got he's got very dark hair and extremely intense eyes. And he looks like he's like Desperate to bowl a bouncer at Toby at any moment. Yeah, well, again,
0: Dan, you've got to stop reminding him about that. There is a video, I think it's Ian Curtis, who... who, who, I'm sorry if this is incorrect, but I think Ian Curtis is praised as giving the worst Glastonbury headline set of all time uh, when he was uh, at the peak of his enjoying... uh, a few drinks and a few narcotic stage. And he basically went onto the main stage and lay on the floor and sung upwards for about an hour. <laughs> I'm That's pretty sure they're... that I, I'm sorry That's if I've i got that funny. wrong.
2: That's how I see Fiddy doing karaoke. That's too, what, well, well, do you I know see, what, I see him Dan, lying on the floor. Uh,
0: There's a great episode we'll of Family Guy where well. Peter and Lois think that they're really good at the piano, but it turns out they've just been taking loads of drugs. And when we see it from everyone else's point of view, they're just slapping a keyboard. And I reckon it's probably Stephen Finney had, had so many beers. In his mind, he was Chris Martin. But if we watch it back, he's lying on the floor like Ian Curtis just see, <laughs> see up to the ceiling. Uh, Well, I have to admit, I'm so glad I asked that question because I think that's my favourite anecdote I've ever heard on the podcast. There's got to be an England player out there somewhere. With a video of this, it's got to be Stephen Finn and Craig David Seven Days. It's got to be what year was
1: it? 2017. It's like February 2017, I think it was. Ah, oh, some. If there's
0: any England cricketers that listen to this, check your phones for February 2017. There's got to be some <laughs> great stuff knocking around from that. Um, and finally, the last couple of things I want. We we are running out of time. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Sundar Washington. Last week we talked about Quinton de Cox cricket shit Um, but off the pitch, this is some of the best cricket shit I've ever seen. Sundar Washington, just months after India beat Australia at the Gabba, posted a photo of him on social media with his adorable brand new dog, and it's called Gabba, which is absolutely sensational. Also, I want to mention the fact that uh, the six that we've talked about a few times on this podcast that Stephen Finn hit earlier with his new Woodstock bat, Stephen Finn has joined Team Woodstock. Now, you know, when people in lockdown are having midlife crisis and they're, buying things on the internet they don't normally need. And there's lots of blokes out there buying Lycra and, you know, new bicycles and stuff like that. And there's all sorts of stuff going on. My midlife crisis was I decided it was a good idea to, uh, to invest into Woodstock Cricket Company. So I'm the proud owner of 5% of uh, Woodstock Cricket Company. And which means I own 5% of Stephen Finn in many ways. And, you know, I'm in my mind's eye right now, I'm just imagining which 5% of him I want. And uh, I know
1: which five you want. (laughs) so
2: so Finney just to be clear how many how many did you get in that innings you were 28 I mean I'm reticent to to talk
1: this up I literally but we were 500 for 7 when I walked to the crease I think the opposition team was slightly shot on 12th of April or 13th of April
2: what did you get Finney I got 28
1: off 28 balls
2: 28 so we're going to give we're going to give Toby 5% of that oh yeah yeah which is basically around about 1.5 1.2. 1.4. 1.4. 1.4 1. 1.2 1. 1.4 1. 1. 1.4 1. 1.4 4 runs you got 1. Yeah. you got 1.4 runs you happy with that this if season I'll make, I'll take it. I, if started? i can add
0: them to my play cricket yeah. stats then i'll, I'll be delighted mm. i think that'll be my highest score i reckon
2: before you do wrap scored. up though, because i can sense you wrapping up
0: it's probably that bit where i said we don't have much time
2: <laughs> can i just can i just have one one last very brief discussion and it is lewis McManus. Yes, And know. I'll make it And I'll make it quick. Go for it.
0: Please do. Wick, wicket-keeping shithousery.
2: Wicket-keeping shithousery. Some of you will have seen this. It was all over Twitter. So, essentially, beaten on the outside edge, the left-hander pushing forward to a spinning delivery, Lewis McManus took the ball uh, as it spun past. But they well all went up for court behind, including, I've got to say, Lewis McManus. This is against Leicestershire. He then put his right arm up in the air and flipped the bail off with his left hand. Now, I genuinely don't know what I think. So everybody else knows what they think about this on Twitter. One part of me thinks he has gone up for the catch. And all wicket keepers are annoying twats who constantly take the bloody bales off as a matter. It's like a, like a, like a
0: jerk. Of doing it. It's like almost like Tourette's. Any or, spinner that beats the bat. You know I mean? if, oh,
2: I've got to take the bails. Is off. It's their chance to you show
0: know. off. Look at me. Look how quick Whoa. my hands are. Exactly. Yeah. yeah,
2: But yeah. he's looking at the umpire, but the square leg umpire has given it out. So now I'm thinking, somewhere, I've played a lot of bad cricket, somewhere, something would have told me, hang on a minute, that wasn't what was going on. And I would have owned up. I genuinely don't know what I think. I'm 50-50 on it. Everyone seems to think Lewis McManus should be hung, drawn and courted. I want to know what Finney thinks because he, he plays it more than me. I
1: mean, I, I don't know Lewis, um, personally, but I think from what I, people have said i think he's a pretty honest guy in that regards and and a nice fella so i um i wouldn't imagine that he's done it out of malice or cheating um it, it certainly didn't look deceitful or intentionally deceitful i don't know i it, i can understand why but how would you not know? well no you, you, you don't you know? but you have to take a general character assessment on someone and um the context of the game i mean hampshire was so far ahead that in the context of the game, there's no need to be deceitful because however romantic it would have been that that partnership went on and put on 700 and made Hampshire bat again, (laughs) um, it it wasn't happening because Hampshire was so far in the ascendancy. I think it would probably call more into question in the instance or there would be more scope for it to be deceitful in the instance that um, it was a tighter game, I'd say, which suggests to me that it wasn't.
2: I'm not thinking about Lewis here a little bit. I'm thinking a little bit about the fielders and the captain. So would everybody genuinely not clock that that was given out, stumped? Because obviously Lewis was peeling for court behind. You can see he's has for court behind. You, you watch it. He puts his right hand with the ball in the glove, looking straight down the pitch at the umpire. But it's given out, stumped. Now, at that point, does an alarm bell not gradually ring or do... Are you all so kind of caught up in the moment of a wicket? You think, sod it, nine down, we've got the wicket.
1: It's a very tricky situation to be in, I think, for for Hampshire in that situation. Um, And and things do definitely happen on the pitch. And because everything's emotional uh, and you're thinking about it in that way, that you don't actually take stock and take a step back until a few minutes later when it's too late.
0: Well, I will say in McManus's defence that I saw the video on social media and the uproar and it took me about five watches to work out what he'd done wrong. So, But then again, I am very, very simple. So I, I don't know what the, to draw from that. But maybe it wasn't as obvious as... Uh, you like to give players the benefit of the doubt. should also point out that at the time, Azad was on 18 off 77. I mean, get someone else in, boring everyone to tears anyway. So, you know, from, from that point of view, a good decision on McManus's part. Finally, I will say that um, if you haven't had enough Daniel Norcross in your life recently, that uh he appeared on uh, a friend of ours podcast slogging it pod if you've never heard it wonderful wonderful podcast it's a cricket-based podcast but it explores a lot more the mental side of the game um and it focuses a lot on male mental health and it's a very very wonderful podcast probably more important after the last year that we've had than ever before uh, i featured on the very first one uh, and it was a lot of fun uh, and i compared notes of dan norcross i went on there thinking i was going to talk about cricket and uh, ended up talking about my parents divorce they have a good way of prizing some very some very uh, raw memories out of you in a way so it's a wonderful podcast and uh, and daniel featured on it this week as well so if you get a chance to listen to our friends at slogging it podcast uh, then please check them out as well uh, and finally quickly uh, i mentioned woodstock bat Stephen finn there's some advertising space on the back of your bat if you're going to keep hitting 12 year olds for six Surely a zero ducks given sticker across the back of the bat. I should mention on one of the earlier episodes of a podcast, uh, Stephen Finn scored a 50 in New Zealand. A local solicitors in New Zealand, called him up and said, can we put some stickers on your bat? He went, yeah. And then he got a pair. So I don't know if this is an excellent idea for your batting, but, you know, we'll take all the advertising we can get at the moment. Well, we'll
1: have to work out if that solicitor's went bust after it was on my, uh, on my bat or not. That wouldn't bode well for us as a podcast, <laughs> would it? <laughs> <laughs> I've
0: got an image of some bloke back then, like, probably a New Zealand cricket fan, who's watching that game and he's going for a horrible divorce. <laughs> and he's just trying to watch the cricket and, you know, forget about his horrible divorce for a bit. And then he turns on the TV and there's Stephen Finn waving his wife's solicitors in his face.
2: (laughs) Singing love will tear us apart again. (laughs)
0: Um, On that note, uh, if there's anybody listening that knows how to make some bat stickers, give us a call because we'll slap on the back of Finney's bat so that they get some good airtime when he's smoking sixes in the 100 later this year and taking loads of outs. We will see you next week, but thank you very much for listening. Daniel, Finney, always a pleasure, never a chore. See you next week. Goodbye. next week.